Welcome to At The Table. Hi, I'm John. Uh, sitting next to me is Beth. Hi. Joe. Hi, John. And Lucy. Hello. So, welcome to this latest episode. Um, for those that are new to this, we've been journeying through some Sunday school classics, some well-known Bible stories that we would have been learning about in Sunday school or primary school. Uh, so we've looked at Noah, we've looked at Daniel in the lion's den, and we've looked at Jonah and the big fish, as we found out, not the whale. Yeah, I just found that in there. Um, and then this week, we are looking at Joseph. Not Joseph Halliday, who's sitting to my... Hi there. My left. Oh, I said hi. <laughs> hi again. <laughs> hi. <laughs> uh, but the Joseph in the Old Testament, who had a very fancy jacket. Well, I was going to say, it would be interesting to see what we all remember of the story before we dive into it. That would be a very good idea. I feel like there's someone in the room who's played Joseph, actually. Uh, well, I've been playing him all my life. That's true. <laughs> I'm getting a vibe. There's a thespian in the room. I can just feel it. Does anyone want to confess? Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was going to say, Thomas <laughs> being very quiet. Yeah, I did play Joseph. Do you want to sing been a very coy. <laughs> yeah. Didn't say what Joseph, just I played Joseph. Stalin. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas story. <laughs> Joseph, Stalin and Mary. <laughs> or Stalingrad. <laughs> right, Beth, come on, tell us. Yes, I played uh, Joseph in the musical, Joseph and his main telecolour dream coat. When I was in primary school, I was Joseph. I think I was in year four. Yeah. Why were you, as a woman, playing a man's part? Not that I'm against such things, but yeah, I'm, I'm wondering uh, how this came about. Because um, it sounds a bit panto at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so there was auditions, and normally it went to year six, the lead role. But this is it's going to make me sound really big-headed, but basically they auditioned the year sixes, and they didn't find anyone that they wanted. <laughs> And then I was quite, well... You I was a very a, low voice. No, <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I had a really high voice. Um, it was the beard. <laughs> I was very known at my school. It was a very small village school and there wasn't very many in a year. And I just was very showy and I was a performer. I did like talent shows and singing. And they knew that I could sing and that I sung because I was in like choirs. I was in King County Choir. So they knew I could sing like... For a long time you could carry the show <laughs> so they basically said to me that you i remember i like got called into the headmaster's office i thought i was in trouble i, I like it's a really distinctive memory and andrew lloyd Webber was sat there yeah. and yeah. he was like you're a star <laughs> no and i think they said oh we've called your mom and dad and we've spoken to them and i was oh like goodness. what have i done and going on tour they said that we would like you to be uh, they aren't my agents actually <laughs> <laughs> they said we would like you to be joseph but they were worried about me being young because I was in year four and it was normally given to a year six but they said that they believed that I could perform it and they didn't like anyone else audition <laughs> and is there a video evidence of this that's, um, that's what I was getting to I believe you promised us a video evidence of this <laughs> there is video evidence yeah so where is it <laughs> well when's the showing it's yeah. either at my mum's or my dad well it's I think my grandparents have a Copy it's of still it. in the family then it's not like being given to a museum or <laughs> it's in the Bapchard village school archive <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah 
I will definitely get footage for you to see. It's highly embarrassing because I just... Because... (laughs) Just what I was hoping for. (laughs) From it, I... Obviously, to practice, you, I listened to the CD. So I remember my grandparents bought me the CD and the VH, VHS tape recording of it. So it's Donny Osmond plays Joseph in the VHS. And I became obsessed with this video. <laughs> like, I played it on repeat. And I even... So in the, in the, v, in the um, recording of Joseph on the VHS tape, Donny Osmond has curled hair, like long... <laughs> and I crimped my hair to be like it in the show and so I've got like crimped blonde oh blonde hair to be like Joseph we need to see this video yeah it is it's going on Instagram it's, good the weird thing is I still know all the words to every single song as John learned earlier this afternoon that I sang them well we're going to release a bonus episode <laughs> of and an album <laughs> the, the stuff I remember I feel like I went for a long period of really not enjoying the story at all because I feel like I just remember the musical and like film versions of it and I feel like it was just all anyone talked about Mm. um (laughs) like as a child in the church it was like all about the story yeah and I don't know what it was about it but I just got really sick of it I think as well there's a lot of um different elements to the story that I remember And I just thought, oh, it goes on and on. (laughs) Did you ever get compared like, oh, Joseph, you must love this one. Yeah, that and obviously the nativity. Mm. Um, I was like, it's just my name. It's not like a legacy. And obviously your collection of multicoloured coats. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That was my first If you ever wore anything rainbow, they're like, oh, Joseph, and it's amazing. Yeah, I just wore black. (laughs) (laughs) Your namesake. (laughs) But um, I think I remember the coat, obviously... I remember, like, Horrible Brothers, and I remember, like, the dreams. Those are, like, the standout things of it. Mm. But if I'm being honest, I can't really remember how the story really ends. Mm. <laughs> so it might be quite interesting to read that back and just kind of kind of see what the point of it all was. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy? Yeah, I definitely remember the coat, but less so the relevance of the coat. Because mm. to me, like, this multicoloured coat is quite flamboyant, isn't it? <clears throat> so I'm therefore thinking, oh, Joseph was this, like flamboyant guy with this mad dress sense a bit like my own joseph and uh <laughs> wow <laughs> those coats man. yeah that's what does it yeah but i can't remember the exact like relevance and yeah mm. the rest of the story really i remember that he dreams but one thing i do have in common with him is that i enjoyed interpreting dreams as well i'm not saying i'm any good at it but i enjoy interpreting <laughs> them <laughs> that and you have a lot of brothers yeah do you have 12 <laughs> yeah, my dad's called Jacob. <gasps> John, what do you remember? Um, not a lot, to be honest. I'm starting to realise I don't actually remember any of these Bible stories. So I don't <laughs> even it's because you're, you're so old. Oh, Did right. them so long ago. Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah. Right, so memory fades. Uh, we're going to end that there. <laughs> um, no, I think I just didn't pay any attention in Sunday school. Just put it out there. Um, well, such a did, rebel. Didn't you get kicked out? Only a couple of times. It wasn't my fault. Um... Yeah, I, I remember the coat. I'm like Lucy, I remember the coat. I remember thinking, seems a bit strange. Everybody seemed to wear just, like, beige-coloured stuff in, like, nativities and stuff. Mm. When you used to do, like, the plays and stuff. Yet yeah, there's Joseph with, like, all these colours on his coat. Like, where do they get the colours from? I remember all that stuff. And I remember the the Pharaoh stuff, but then I was thinking, is that because of Moses more? So, yeah, I don't really remember much about it, to be fair. So I'm kind of looking forward to reading the story and seeing where it goes seeing how mm. like 
how dark it could be or how Ooh. nice it could be. Ooh. Who knows? Because that's the thing about the coat. It makes you feel like it's a quite like a bright light yeah. story, like kind of light-hearted, but... I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's only with like, the music, like, you know, I close my eyes. It's all, yeah. like, really happy. It's all very cheerful. So, yeah, I, I think there is that that kind of thing of, yeah, I think it's going to be this really bright story because you've got this really bright coloured coat, but I've got a feeling it's Old Testament, someone's going to die. Or something's <laughs> going to die. There's going to be some sort of conflict in it. There's going to so, be blood involved. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be really, like, gory details in the story, right? Mm-hmm. So... So without further ado, we're going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to split it into two sections just so that we can focus our discussion a bit better. So the first section is verses 1 to 11, and then we'll read 12 to 36 in a bit. Joseph's dreams. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Wow. First of all, this Israel character, that must be Jacob, right? Yes, that was mm. his nickname. So he's he got was, two names. He was the fa- like the founding father. You'd think you might just mention that before changing someone's name. <laughs> I think it does Mid- earlier on. In the, in the bit of well, the that's end. no use to me. <laughs> well, it- because it says, like, this is the account of Jacob's family line, then it just chucks in Israel. It's well, like... Exactly. How am I supposed to know? Um, I thought it was interesting that he's 17. Yeah. Mm, very young. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever realised that before. I feel like I'm often surprised in the Bible when you see someone's yeah. age, mm. and it's, like, usually a lot younger than you think. Well, normally really it's old. a... Um, or really old. Normally it's a year four, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> see, that's why they chose yeah. me, because I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as well, like in yeah, but um, says he was seventeen-year-old man as well. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that the father had a favourite. Yeah, it, so openly. It's so openly. Like, <laughs> Joseph's my favourite. Just <laughs> straight out there, like this Hi is guys. my oldest son, um, and this is my favourite son. <laughs> so, so the fact that he's, for what we hear, he's got twelve sons yeah. and a daughter. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Um, yeah, Joseph is my favourite. <laughs> Maybe maybe he's just got a label for everyone. He's like oldest, most handsome, yeah. ugly one, <laughs> my favourite one. Pretty brutal though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is. I hate favouritism like that. There's the fact that he's just like straight out there like, yeah, he's, he's my favourite. I really enjoyed where it says, um, he brought their father a bad report about them. I know, like if you're the favourite and then you basically tell tell on them, that's just setting yourself up. Like, yeah. 
I remember, I mean, I only have one of the, I only have one sibling, a sister, younger sister, and I was, I was definitely like the goody good one, and I'd always like be like, oh, Rebecca's doing this or whatever, <laughs> and she'd always be like, she would hate me more for it, so. Yeah. Like, it just you're just setting yourself up to be a target, aren't Snitches you? Snitches get stitches. That's all I'm saying. Wow, John. <laughs> I do. I do think like he comes across badly in this. Yeah. yeah. Because like, okay, it says that he's the favourite, but I mean this report thing and like the way he interprets the dream as well. I, I feel like if. If that was my interpretation of a dream, I might not voice that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's ju- it's just about the harvest. Yeah. Yeah. No meaning. Yeah. Yeah, but he does it twice. He does the one about the sheaves bowing down, and yeah. his brothers are like, "How dare you!" And then he's like, "The next day, that oh, I had well. another one." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now the moon and stars are actually bowing down to me too. So. But, like, what I find really funny, and it's just it's stuck in my head so much when like these first bit was read so in one of the songs i'm not gonna sing it in one of the songs <laughs> in the in the musical it says like jacob was a fine example of a family man like that's a line right so it's jacob was a fine example. jacob was a fine example of a family man yet he had 12 sons and one daughter with four different wives who were all living it wasn't like they died a wife died and then he had four living wives in one so he was a polygamist so like that's not a fine example of a family no. man to have four wives probably concubines mistresses oh, i think they're the same thing great word yeah concubine I, is a great word i thought you said it? porcupine i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i got very confused for a second i was like porcupine my brain was going, <laughs> going on? but it is it's just a weird thing you know he's got he has a favorite he's got a lot of children with different women and probably mistresses. That's not a fine example of a family man. Like he's, he's got not... two names. Don't trust someone with two names. <laughs> he's probably got a burner phone as well. Let's be honest. <laughs> he's got everything going on here. It's not. You're not set up like you don't. To be introduced to a, a person, a character, we're not getting a very good. We're not getting like a glowing report immediately, are we? Yeah. Um, bit... So it does mention the coat as well. But I feel like it's really tucked away in there, and I mm. I don't know if it's kind of mentioned again. We'll see. Yeah. But it says he made an ornate robe for him, as in Jacob made an ornate robe for Joseph. I just think, why? And what do you mean by ornate? I was going to have a look at an older translation to see where that word's come from. Because we've got this, we're probably all picturing a stripy yeah. rainbow coat with all these different colours in. But those colours aren't mentioned here, so they must be from the musical. Maybe. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. Or whatever the original... Look at other versions to see if other versions say multicoloured because none. if they don't, <clears> where's <throat> that come from? I'm having a look at the King James now. Oh, okay. King James says, he made him a coat of many colours. But it just doesn't say rainbow and it doesn't say stripy, which is what we're all picturing now, I bet. Many colours could mm. be, like, free. I've got yeah. a li- Had yeah. they even invented purple back then? Well, this is the thing, like, how they dyed clothes was, like onion skins and stuff wasn't it like so colours wise mm. it would have yeah so like on that you know on the app you've got the dot 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 bit yes I've, I was going to mention that yeah, I was just going to say that oh sorry you, Jinx, you darling, say no, it. Don't, darling, you no say it. it was you oh get on with it um, <laughs> it says the meaning of the Hebrew for this word is uncertain also in verses 23 and 32 meaning ornate meaning the word is uncertain yeah, for what ornate means. Yeah. Well, the three dots in the King James Version just says colours or pieces. 
or pieces. Oh. So maybe it was buttons. He had like really nice <laughs> coloured buttons. Or Lovely just, sequins. He yeah. was the original tailor and everyone else was just wearing like potato sacks, sacks with, a, yeah. with a hole cut out for the head and he's actually like measured the arms and done like back panelling he's got a proper three piece suit on he's, yeah <laughs> he just got lots of different pieces of material so it looks so it's not going to be nice neat stripes like yeah. we've got and like, like 12 rainbow. different colours yeah. it's going to be like a slightly murky brown and then a slightly lighter brown And <laughs> it's funny how the images of this play or the, song, the songs whatever have perhaps overshadowed now the actual text like yeah it's this doesn't seem to be a core focal point but what do you think like the main point of this whole part though i know it says jesus dreams but like what's what's the most important part is it the you know is he going to be the new israel kind of thing or is it something else do you guys sort of have any thoughts on that because i have no idea well he doesn't tangibly interpret the dreams he doesn't say i've had this dream about the sheaves therefore i'm going to be the new ruler Mm. He just tells them what happened and they're the ones that are presuming the meaning from the dream. Do you see what I mean? Which I was surprised by because I thought he's obviously known for interpreting dreams. But in this instance, he just says, you know, the sheaves were bowing down. He's not then translating that into real life and saying, Mm. I am that sheath and you're all going to bow down to me. Mm. And same with the moon and stars. He's not saying that is definitely going to happen to me in the future because I've dreamt it. Like, we all know that we all have mad dreams sometimes, don't mm. we? And we're not like, oh, so this is definitely going to happen yeah. in the foreseeable future. Yeah, so that's true. I was surprised that he didn't interpret that. So, yeah, I equally don't know what mm. it's saying at this point. Yeah, I just find it interesting, like, how the brothers have interpreted the dreams compared to how mm. he tells it. Like, it's almost like he... He's coming at it like really excited, like oh, this is a really random, like like you would if you had a really weird dream. Like, I love you, talking about weird dreams. Yeah, like you'd go and go listen to my dream, but imagine if like you reacted to that dream, going, it's a bit weird. Like I hate you for that. Yeah. <laughs> like it'd be, you know, it's almost like, like yeah, it's a weird thinking, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's like when you have a weird dream of like kissing someone, and then you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel weird. Yeah, dream cheating. What, what yeah. dreams are these? <laughs> Um. I don't know if it necessarily is him being the new Israel slash Jacob. I think an element is that he, this is a definite foreshadowing of him as a picture of Christ. So obviously it's about somebody, spoiler alert, um, who comes from not a typical background, who considered perhaps quite a lowly poor background. He was a farmer, or his dad they they were farmers and owned land but he wasn't a pharaoh he or he didn't have massive status and then eventually he does get that and then people worship him and he does become a great ruler advisor um and so and he has prophetic dreams that tell him these things that are going to happen so there is that element that this is kind of building you up to give you the picture of him as where he came from where he's going to go and what who he is as a person and how the dreams are how he gets to that place as well so mm. that's kind of how i how i see it yeah it's just random like the way it says about like the 11 um what does it say 11 sheaves or whatever it is well that's mm-hmm. if you're saying he had 12 there was 12, 12 sons and a daughter mm. that would be the 11 brothers yeah so it's like it's almost like he's saying that the eleven brothers will be around him, so there's no wonder that the son, the the brothers were like, kind of hate you now. Yeah, and spoiler alert, it does happen. So they do bow yeah. down to him. 
just interesting. What do you like think of the dream? It's quite a quite a funny image to have, isn't it? It's not like I don't necessarily I don't know about you guys, but I my dreams are often I don't really ever get obscure dreams that are not very as in like I don't dream of like sheaves and sun and moon bowing. My dreams are often based more in reality of things that are possible. Yeah, I think to me, so when I'm reading books, I often think um whenever authors try and come up with dreams I always think they sound really silly like they sound almost too obvious what the meaning is Mm. um I don't know if that makes sense but my dreams always like they're like complete fabrications but they're like based on people and places I've been and all that and then I feel like when authors try and come up with them they're like oh the ocean was rushing in and they like try and pack all the symbolism in yeah and it feels this dream feels a bit like that kind of thing like mm. someone's made it up and they're trying to like come up with all this meaning out of it mm. um and it just seems very different to the kind of dreams that i have yeah i never have that kind of um symbolism in that sense i think my dreams when i can find meaning in them it's always like oh yeah I'm falling off a cliff and that means that I'm feeling a bit stressed or something or not in control or something it's Mm. that kind of thing I did know somebody who did dream very symbolically Mm. Um, um, yeah I did know somebody who dreamt like that and they were often interpreted as prophetic dreams Mm. and prophetic images and things can come in different forms in visions, in dreams, in voices yeah so just one form so we all receive things from God differently yeah find it funny that he has two dreams like consecutively like it's a very clear image mm. and the symbol like i think it's quite the dreams themselves so sheaves of grain in the field suddenly my sheaf rose and stood um and yours all scattered and bowed down so that's quite a like the sheaves it's of the ground it's a little bit low it's kind of like i think linking to the poverty element like the farm aspect mm. of it and then you've got the next one it's I had this dream the sun the moon and the 11 stars were bound before me that's very it's a bit of a leap isn't it yeah it's like now I'm a I'm a star I'm a celebrity and I think that shows the element that he what's going to happen to him later in the future like I'm going from where I am now where you're going to bow to me but I'm then going to go I'm going to be like this Mm. leader I'm going to be above you in so Mm. many aspects it's so such a jump isn't it yeah I mean that the fact that even the his father rebukes it like <laughs> that I found really interesting because yeah. it's like have you heard that oh, I've literally so written smart. interesting because um, he's like yeah his father rebuked him and was like what is this dream you had like will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down before the ground and to the ground before you like it's almost like even to his dad even though he's his favourite he's sitting there thinking bit weird son like you, you shouldn't really <laughs> be be dreaming this kind of thing like but he's not saying it's a bad thing is he no because he could be like if we're going to bow down to you that means you're going to be an important successful person like go you yeah yeah he's not necessarily saying like how dare you think i think it's because the word rebuked to me i always think rebuked is almost like yeah stop i wondered if it's an element of he's like i'm the father i will never bow down to you because you know obviously in biblical times like the father of the house was the head of the family so that would have been quite a huge statement for the father to bow to the to the youngest son as well he's oh he's not the youngest there is benjamin younger than him but he's still very low down in the pecking order 
so I wonder where if that's the rebuke. It's not he, not necessarily about the dream, but it's more like mm. I wouldn't. Mm. So I think you're right. I think yeah. he's saying like. To be I, fair, I didn't see the word rebuked there. I would never go down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange because he, he doesn't say. He just says his brothers were jealous <laughs> of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Like it's not like even then the like you're saying, Lucy. It's not even like he's probably overly worried about it. Yeah. It's right. almost like he's like, hmm, interesting. Well, the three translations I've just checked all say rebuked. Ooh. So that's interesting in itself. I think it's really interesting here that they just call him Crazy How. That's just, re- it's a real sign of like, we don't trust that you're connected to God. We don't trust that you have any images from him. You're just, that's mad of you to think like that. It's mm. a very definitive thing, but I don't think it would be any different today. I don't know if you guys disagree. No. So the second passage we're going to be looking at takes us to the end of Genesis 37. So this is verses 12 to 36. Joseph sold by his brothers. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Session, And Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Session. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Seshem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for twenty shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognised it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, The Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So much in that. What stands out to you? I think it's the fact that 
it's gone from the brothers really wanting to kill their own brother. I think that in our own mindset, that's well for me. That's really as someone who has a brother, I find that really tough. Like the mindset, of, oh, I want to kill my own brother. Like it's just you have to really hate someone anyway. Yeah, like, it feels quite disproportionate to me. Mm. It makes me think they like egged each other on as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, it got really out of hand from, like, yeah, it's pretty bad to have, for your father to have a favourite son. Mm. And, obviously, he was really winding them up whether he meant to or not, but then it's quite a leap to go, now we want him to die. Yeah, I think it just, it like, obviously we don't get a lot of context into their family relationships, and this seems very dramatic, and we, I guess we have to, like, maybe read between the lines and infer that there was a lot more hatred, like, the hatred must go a lot deeper... I mean, if you think about it, if there's 12 boys, one girl, four wives and Jacob, that's a lot of vying for attention. That's a lot of, you know, in terms of food, who gets the best type, who gets the best of, you know, if they were having meat, if they were eating the meat, who gets the best of what, who gets the scraps, like. So there's got to be um, a lot of competition and a lot of backstory to it, but it seems like a bit of an EastEnders, like, soapy episode, Mm. doesn't it? You know, Mm. they go from, like, I tell you my dream, and they're like, I don't like their dream. We must kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like they they think they're like doing him a favour by mm. not killing him and just selling him into slavery instead. They're like, oh, yeah. well, he is our brother, so let's just <laughs> yeah. enslave him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we didn't kill him, though, so... Uh... Go us. Well done, guys. <laughs> sleep easy tonight. <laughs> I thought the bit that was really interesting as well, the way it was like, so they sold him off. And then Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there. So he obviously didn't know. Where was he? Yeah. So where did he go? Because he was with his brothers. Because he was kept going. Why? Yeah. Let's not kill him. Let's. Uh, Reuben is the then. oldest, by the way. Oh. Ah. Context. I don't know why, but I was pitching him as like the second youngest. Yeah. Uh, yeah like so closest in age. Benji- so Benjamin's the youngest. So, Ben, youngest to oldest goes Benjamin, Joseph, and then backwards. So yeah, this Reuben. Hmm. He must have been off somewhere. But then... Right, so here's the thing. How far did they have to go to these flocks? Mm. Because it sounds like it's a long way away. It's not just, like, the field on their farm, is it? They've, like, gone to a complete other place to graze these flocks. So you think your commute's bad to London? They've probably walked for, like, four hours to to commute to get the flocks to graze. Can yeah. we work out how far that is? Because I'm actually That's curious. So where where are they where are they based? Where's so that home? <laughs> Joseph left from the Valley of Hebron. Hebron. And he arrived at Sesham. Oh, there you go. Someone's already searched on Google. So distance is 78 kilometres, apparently. Between where? Hebron and Sesham. You can get a bus, uh, apparently. 78 kilometres, though, on foot. Apparently. <laughs> and that's I not even where he found them, because he then had to go down to... Dothan. Dothan. Mm. <laughs> this is absolutely hilarious. There's a website that says how to get from Hebron to Sheffield by bus. <laughs> and it's, uh, yes, yeah, so you can get uh, the <laughs> 382 uh, <laughs> for £16. It takes three, so it's three hours 50 a on three a bus. Three hour bus. Well, that's a bus. So you actually might have walked for days. And actually, the cheapest option, which is the <laughs> The 382, and then you have to get the 290, oh, the which 290. is five hours on the bus. <laughs> but that's, that <laughs> costs £9 oh, instead of £16. It's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, so can you imagine though. getting there and your brothers aren't even there? Oh. 
And then he has to go down so to Dothan or Dothan. Where's that? <laughs> this is cracking me up. There you go. By bus. Six hour bus journey. So Actu- they really like, they just gloss over these. Oh, he yeah. went down to say. Session and then he went down to Doton, like that's a four hour bus and then yeah. a six hour bus, like that's not a small deal. They, they kind of make it sound like us going from Faversham to Canterbury, which yeah. is like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, it would, no, it would take us now to walk, he must have walked more, days but... to get there. I think it's like three hours to walk there. Do you think it would be? <laughs> I think it is. I've looked up before because I'm a geek, but I mean, I <laughs> but I mean, that's like that feels very close. Imagine going yeah. to this place is like... So it's basically like walking to Wales, right? And you get there <laughs> yeah. and they're not there and then you've got to walk to Scotland. And he hasn't got nice shoes, he hasn't got a nice road or a yeah. pavement or Google Maps. Yeah, so that that's mental. Has anything else stood out to anyone? Well, I mean, I think the most significant part for me in this chapter is obviously the slavery mm. and the fact that he sold for 20 shekels of silver, which my little notes on my bible tells me is about 230 grams of silver um and i mean any amount of slavery is you know is horrific but i i don't ever think i've ever made the connection between this and being about slavery i think i've always just focused on the co and the jealousy of the brothers and Mm -hmm. him being in egypt i've never thought about actually how how significant this part is that he's sold as a slave he's sold to go and work for somebody and while I know that he prospered in that work, from and I know as I've read on, um, it does say that he does do well in that. Regardless of that, it's still... I think perhaps that's why I've glossed over, because I know his his story ends well. I know he did well in this... He rose up in like the ranks of the slaves, and then he eventually got to Egypt and he did well. I think that's why perhaps I gloss over it. Mm. Um, but I don't think we... It's, it just really stood out to me a lot more this time than it did has ever done before. Mm. Yeah, I think just the idea of anyone ever being sold is just horrific. I don't, I can't get my head around it. Like, people aren't property. And mm. I think yeah. for anyone to ever think that someone is their property, that they can profit from it, or mm. or that someone's life is yours to control is just mm. horrendous. And I don't think it matters what happens to him after that and that he prospers later it's just a terrible thing mm. and it's terrible there and it's terrible now and it's still going on now yeah. all this time later f- like thousands of years later mm. still going on and it's just awful and I can't get my head around it yeah I think the the thing that stands out for me the fact that you know we say about the brothers doing it like slavery now you know usually it's coming from people that you find trust in so like you know we've we've heard stories of of people that are slave um sold into slavery who have either fallen in love with someone or they there's an element of trust and this i guess this is similar where joseph would have trusted his brothers as a young as a younger brother mm. he would have looked up to his brothers the fact that then i mean because they don't really mention how joseph reacts to it which I find a very interesting thing, like we've said before in previous episodes, how it is obviously not the most important part of the story that we don't hear why Joseph, how he reacts to it and stuff. But, you you know, there's an element of trust and that trust has been broken, you know, and he's been sold or you could have been killed. Either way, it's dreadful, but almost on the same par. So, yeah, so I think there's definite parallels, isn't there, to what's going on in our societies and communities even to this day which is is not okay and actually it's on the rise 
there's been a lot recently about how it's grown. I think the awareness of human trafficking is growing a lot more. Um, I've seen a lot more things on my feed. It might just be because of who the, who I have on my feed are people that are more justice-minded and I don't know. But I feel like I've seen a lot more recently about raising awareness, particularly in America. I know it's a big thing. It's one of the high, it's one of the biggest criminal enterprises in the world. And yeah, I really feel like it's not spoken about as much. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but I think there's just so much going on in the world. You know, we have war crimes, we have refugee crisis, political elections. I just feel like there is so much and human trafficking really just doesn't get a massive amount of airtime. I feel like people mm. don't really understand what it means either to be trafficked and sold and there are different forms and you can have, you know, I think people automatically think about sex, but then there's that's very small part of it actually. A lot a lot of the time they're just sold for working hours and sold for labor and it's something I don't understand massively, but you know, it's something that I feel very passionate about and want to educate myself a lot more on. I think that's the the thing, isn't it, is the there's no education into it like the fact that even in sunday school that this part of the story is almost just brushed over mm-hmm. even in a in a church scenario where we say love your neighbor as yourself which is you know something jesus said regularly in the you know in his 33 years of of life and ministry or three years of ministry is to love your neighbor and slavery was never mentioned when actually they should have said you know they should have educated almost in Sunday school that's just on my personal view I don't know how your views are and how you were taught but I never really got taught anything like about slavery until I mean I'm still learning I know everybody learns to this day what it means I think you're right that we weren't told about the slavery aspect of it but is that because our Sunday school teachers themselves didn't really Mm. know about it because they're talking what 20 years ago 15 years ago it it wasn't as as Beth said it wasn't as well known about it mm. wasn't as prolific in the news or charities campaigning for it or anything so perhaps they didn't talk about it because they didn't know about it mm. and like you said now it's getting more airtime still not enough but it's getting there um, so perhaps they just couldn't educate us because they weren't educated themselves yeah so and then that brings me on to the question of why did they pick this story to tell children because even if they don't know about you know, trafficking still being a prolific thing in modern society, they can still see that this story has roots of slavery in it, which was prolific back then. So why would they pick a story to tell children about (laughs) brothers who sold a brother into slavery Mm. and not do it fully? Did they do it because of the colourful coat? Mm. Do we pick stories that have, like, a catchy image like this colourful coat or two giraffes walking into a boat together. Like, do we want that nice imagery for the children to see and to engage with, but not actually focusing on everything else behind that nice image? Mm. Yeah, it begs the question, doesn't it, of, like, the generational education. So that the robe's only mentioned twice, but maybe... That was the thing that made... I don't know why I'm lumping all Sunday school teachers in together, but, (laughs) like, made their older generation want to educate us with this nice, colourful story. But actually, I bet they didn't have a colourful story in their Sunday school. Mm. Like, if you picture old, old Sunday schools where it was like they'd sit at a desk with a slate or a chalkboard or something, that would be like writing out the Psalms or something, wouldn't it? 
that would be mm. like real hardcore stuff and then it's like they've not dumbed it down but they've you know childified it what's yeah. the word they've made it more child friendly by picking all the colorful stories to tell us and i just wonder why how that came about when these might be people who had a more severe sunday school that was quite strict and like they used to have canes and everything like a proper school and then how it's like completely flipped around and they're going oh no now the children need to know about these stories like who picks Mm. which stories we need to know and why do we all know these really colorful stories like i just find it really interesting yeah it's strange isn't it how like like we say with noah for example how the boat got to be the central thing mm. when everything around it's happening and same with this story like yeah why why is this little minute detail become the main detail of the whole thing yeah like and how yeah how things become a children's story i really don't know <laughs> just yeah. such a random thing who decided of- that this story about family betrayal and slavery and dipping a coat in blood oh that's a children's yeah. story yeah let's oh, do that one what? let's share that and bedtime story yeah, <laughs> yeah. weird isn't it's it so strange yeah maybe for joseph it's good that this isn't the focus of his story but mm. for so many people their story is about slavery and being sold and not having the freedom that so many of us take for granted mm. and um yeah as we know the story is about so many more things um, and the fact we can just gloss over it, it's worth remembering that so many people can't. Mm. This is a very small part of the story, and there is much more to the Joseph story um, than just this. And stay tuned, because hopefully we'll do another episode where we go into the rest of the story. Um, but this is a equally just as important. The trouble is, this whole Joseph story, there's so many detailed elements and so much we could talk about, but... Mm. Um, don't want to yeah. not do them justice. No, we mm. want to give each part what it's owed. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Mm. And if, um, while you've been listening to this, you've just been sort of thinking that you're, or while you've been reading this story, you realise, like like myself, that you, you don't know as much and you want to educate yourself about the human trafficking that's happening in the world today, I highly recommend looking at um, some charities there on social media like A21 that I follow on Instagram and I'm definitely going to look up more about what they do um, also what the Salvation Army do not just in the UK but worldwide to abolish slavery but yeah just you know if you if you want to get in touch and you want some more information just get in touch and we'll definitely help you and point you in the right way and you know signpost you um, but thank you very much for for tuning into this episode if um if you want to leave us a review please do if you're listening on apple five star five star of only anything lower than that get in the bin yeah absolutely um find us on social media uh, join the conversation we'd love to hear from you where you're listening from and everything just get in touch with us but it's a goodbye from me john it's goodbye from lucy bye it's goodbye from jebeth bye and it's goodbye from Martha and Abby. Oh, well, sorry, I missed someone. Joe, finally. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that. Uh, over and out. Bye. Oh, that was too much. Okay. Bye. 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 At the table, out. Bye.